Hey there. Hey, there he is. There we are. It's happening. It's happening. I remembered to start the broadcast, so we're actually we're on the you, air. You've been doing pretty good with that for, for a couple of weeks. You've been you've been remembering to start the show. Is yeah. There's only really one time that I really, really blew it. It was a bad, it was a really bad time though. <laughs> it was a really bad time. Because <laughs> we, we had our best, we had our we did our best work. Um, it was unrepeatable. Yeah. The show, which, the show is gonna get really uh, a lot better though in a in in a few weeks uh sounds like that's going to require more work from me i don't know if i like that no no you don't have to you're not gonna have to do any more work um but i'm gonna be back in california which means it's gonna be six hours earlier so i mean three hours earlier for me um because it's nine o'clock here on the east coast which is my bedtime <laughs> you have no response to any of this. That's um, bad air. Well, I mean, yeah. So you can start it early. That you. So you. In other words, you're saying you're happy because when I'm back in California, the show will be starting at six o'clock my time, which is three hours before my bedtime. That's true. So I'll you be could also start. You could also move it around because I, I I stay up later than you, so I could. I'm not afraid of staying up until eleven thirty. Yeah, but if we did that, then it would be approaching my bedtime again. We don't, we don't want me falling because uh, you know I'm, I'm tired. I'm ready for bed now. I have to stay up and do this. Okay, this show's going to start any second. So why don't we just? <laughs> oh my God, we're st- oh, we've started. This is our the show. This is the show. About other things. How are you doing? My How God, you- hello. Um, I'm fine. Well, now you've frozen. You keep freezing. That scares me because I, I don't know. Am who's... I still frozen? No, you come in and out. You just like glitch out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matrix really? problem. It's very interesting. Wow. That's... As a matrix problem. The glitching, that's actually me. That's not the internet. It's just me. That's what I'm saying. You're, you keep on going in and out of this dimension. Wow. Am yeah. I still? still? No, you're good. It's good. But just every occasionally. It's happened like three times since we've been uh, chatting. Wow. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah. How was your week? My week was good. Uh, good. The end of uh, the this part of the this this teaching job was over. Uh, which which was a little bit stressful. So, I'm happy about that. I have a little bit more free time coming up. Uh-huh. where I can binge watch some things and uh, and get a little bit of reading done. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Meaning on un- uh, being unemployed. I'm looking I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that in the sense that it's coming up. So I'm right. forward in, in the future. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not happy about it. But you're going to be leaving the house soon, though. You're going to be able to leave the house soon. You got you. You got jabbed. Right. Yeah, I got the first jab. Um, both Amelia and I did. Did you have um, side effects? Did have side effects. Nothing bad, you know. I mean, we felt I felt kind of crappy and hungover for a couple of days. Yeah, I and was it feels so like, happy to feel that way. Mm, I'm told it was uh, that is a good indication. I don't know. Is that true? That it's uh, working. It means you know your immune system is just really kicking into high gear, and that makes you feel lousy. Okay. 
So if you I, feel bad, that means your immune system is working, which is a yeah. good sign. Yeah. It's counterintuitive. You'd think feeling really bad that you were all messed up and you weren't working. Yeah. I, that's why I, I get really nervous if I'm feeling good. I think I must be coming down with something. Oh, that's and, for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> nervous yeah. because you feel good is a whole other reason. Right. I took my daughter for the uh, the vaccination on on Friday. Hey, that's great news. And I have to tell you, when they, um, yeah, my son got it, uh, his first dose. He's older, so he's able to go on his own. He got his first dose on uh, Thursday. Great. She got her first dose on Friday, and I had to go in with her because she's uh, underage. And uh, I got to tell you, when they injected her, I got teary-eyed. And not like, oh, no, she's getting a shot. But yeah. just that that feeling of, oh, like starting yeah. starting to be able to take a breath. I'm sure. You know? Well, you're a dad. So you you're you're not you're you you cry at things. Dads can cry. <laughs> yes. I mean, I can hear this story. I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Is that cool? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's cool. What? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah. And then I get teary. I get teary eyed at everything though. I cry at Hallmark commercials. But you're, you, you're, you got teary because you're afraid of needles. <laughs> I am not afraid of needles. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give a cry for help though, too. Now I, I think I need an intervention on something. Oh, okay. I, I have a feeling I know what this is because you were talking about some ice pops last week. Yeah, and it you knew me. that's where I was going? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll sit down after dinner and, and polish off ten, 10 of them. 10 of um, what mom calls. You know what they're called, right? Do you remember what they're called? They're, they're called uh, fruit pops or something. Otter, otter pops. Otter okay. Pops. But our mother has a different name for them. Utter so disasters. You, uh, no, she calls them oster sticks. <laughs> okay. Uh, oster sticks. Oster sticks. Well, I think oster sticks, aren't those jerk, like ostrich jerky sticks? Uh, yeah. That you get at the, <laughs> right at the point of purchase. Yeah. Well, right mom, there. Mom got very excited. Oster sticks. So, so you do, you probably, okay. Well, I mean, I, I, you do know it's literally just like what hummingbirds eat. It's just that. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. You're right. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar in that. Don't put the Um, flavor in it when the hummingbirds are eating. Oh, freezing again. You, you, there was a little glitch in the matrix again, but we're back. We're back. Okay. So Thank yeah, um, you're you're fully vaxxed, though, right? I'm fully vaxxed. I'm past the two weeks. I went up to Marblehead, Massachusetts, this past weekend for a few nights to visit. Oh, uh, that's right. Old and dear friend. I'd never been to that part of Massachusetts before. You, um, were you visiting Joel? I was visiting Joel. Beautiful house, right on the water. When I woke up in the morning. Big plate, plate glass window, water, just ocean outside that window. Couldn't even see any land. Wow. Ocean and shipping containers. I mean, ships with shipping containers. Okay. Not, not just floating around in the bay. <laughs> floating, floating around. Yeah. yeah. 
but it was very uh it was just gorgeous just really well, that's beautiful. awesome I, I i did he uh i didn't know that he had a place up there did he yeah he, uh... he he has a a sister and brother-in-law who have a place oh, okay. up there and they also have a place in florida and they're riding out the pandemic in florida so he's riding out the pandemic in this gorgeous house right on the ocean amazing he doesn't have we don't know anybody who would be able to actually the people who have houses on the ocean don't associate with us no that's no. why i got confused it's a different they're a better class of people <laughs> that's why i got confused yeah. um so um so yeah so he's fully vaccinated you are you could give him a big hug and have dinner and like yeah it was amazing share bites of pasta that must have been yes we could if we didn't okay <laughs> but we could wasn't like Lady and the Tramp. I don't yeah. want anybody to get the impression, right, that it was like that. That's great. I can't wait to to be uh, Footloose. Um, and I can't, you will I, be a, a week before I head to L.A., so we'll be able to break bread together. I certainly okay. hope so. I, I, our, but our our incubation time is longer because we're not we're right. But I looked at the dates. You had your first. Then four weeks later, you have your second, and then you have two weeks, and I'll still be here for one week after your second. That's great news because I was, I was like, thought we'd maybe just like have a dinner at the airport lounge or something. We can do that too, but I'm not flying, I'm driving. So, um, right. There's just a nice restaurant there that I'd, I'd like to take you to. <laughs> that's where we would meet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Well, uh, my friend Richard, hey, Soto, hey, <laughs> your friend. <laughs> Says woohoo, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie is indeed so, correct. I, I think he wants us to start talking yeah, about enough of this, enough, there. enough skirting the issue. There is enough. one other thing before we start the show, though. I want to uh, give a little thanks for something that happened this week. Okay. This yesterday, that there was some justice served and and some some hope for some peace and progress in our land. I concur. It was a very, very um, heavy and powerful and beautiful day to see that that could happen. And, um, because, um, you know, I don't know if it, I don't know that we all thought it was possible, but uh, thank thank goodness it was um, yeah. justice for real. Uh, well, or the beginning of it anyway, yeah. you know, it's a it's certainly a start, uh, uh, but it's it's a it's a step in the right direction. I mean, all charges. That's a statement. Yes. All charges. Yeah. No dilly dallying about. No. No waffling. No. 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 Let's split well, the kind of murder. No, like full on, yeah. uh, completely justice. Justice was served. It's great. There was no fine people on both sides. <laughs> no. Fine people on both sides. No, but we're not. You know, we don't want to. We're not partisan. We don't want to give the idea that we have, uh, you know, any feelings about this one way or another. No, no. But thank, whatsoever. thank, uh, thank, yeah. whoever's just thank you. Yeah, I often a phrase thank that you, I universe. often use is "thank the little baby Jesus in whom I don't believe." But well, I give I, thanks anyway. I'll thank yes, <laughs> whoever, like whoever. I'll just thank them now. Or somebody said to me, I don't believe in, I'm I'm saying thank God, even though I don't believe in God. And I said, in the words of the great man, uh, the great Mark Cohen, ma'am, I do tonight. <laughs> right? That's great. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Uh, um, so yeah. 
that was uh, you were asked about how my week was, and I, I should have led with that because that's you know that's obviously this uh, this is a great week because of that. No matter how things were before, it really changed some stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, Silent Running. This is a Silent... movie. Po- this is a t- this is a talking movie show where yeah. we talk about movies. Even even though we're almost fifteen minutes into it, we do. Well, talk. we don't. Yeah, but I don't want to give the impression that we know even about movies. It would no. kind of be. I don't. I mean, I think we've been doing this for almost a year now, and and it didn't even occur to me to mention this until now. But don't anybody out there get the impression that we know anything about this at all, or nor about, about anything else. But right. We should Even do it anyway. We, we shouldn't say that because we both teach, though, at, at universities, we both teach films. So well, we, I mean that in a deconstructionist way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Good. Deconstructionist. Um, I love that. I like to do deconstructionists like lasagna. <laughs> what, that, that's just pasta. <laughs> <laughs> deconstructionist ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pasta with meat sauce. Yeah. yeah. Right. But if you call it deconstructionist mm-hmm. uh, lasagna, then yeah. you seem like, wow. At the literary yeah. bistro. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are Silent we avoid- are you avoiding talking about the film? No, no, because this movie filled me with so much joy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Good. For so many different reasons. Yeah. Um, in spite of the fact that it's horrible on so many levels. <laughs> We're talking about, uh, of course, Silent Running from 1972, I think. Yeah. Um, directed by Douglas Trumbull, starring Bruce Dern, and... Um, <laughs> Don't... Yeah, some other guys. Oh, Ron Rifkin. Ron Rifkin, you gotta say it. Well, we got to say it because this is there. I was I was a little busy today to pull clips, but I had to pull clips just because of Ron. Ron Rifkin before before being bored was working for him. <laughs> before the diffidence had set in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, it, it. Yeah. The that's the that's the movie. This was made just a couple years after two thousand and one, a movie that Douglas Trumbull had uh, been a a special effects supervisor on and uh i'm gonna guess that there was a slightly larger budget for 2001 um uh that's that's what i'm gonna guess that that might be accounting for the discrepancy in 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 the effects although there are some pretty classic effects in the movie i mean those ships did you okay sorry i'm just spinning now just let me not spin out I'm just going to stop. You want to talk uh, to like lay the groundwork first? Well, when, when did you see the movie for the first time? You must have seen this in the theater. The first time I saw this movie was at, um, starting at four 30 this morning was the first time I know movie. How could you not have seen this? Well, here's the thing. As I was watching it, I could not believe that I hadn't seen it because at North country school, in 1971 or two, I, I went off to, for those people who don't know, 
and why would they? Uh, I went off to boarding school at the age of 11 in 1971 to a, a very progressive school in the Adirondacks called North Country School. I think we're all old enough to, to admit that you were sent. I, no, you went <laughs> off. Is a very, I don't know what that means. Okay. I was sent. This isn't a Wes Anderson movie. You weren't yeah. like, Mom, Dad, I'm going to go to boarding school now. Yeah, I was sent uh, to boarding school at the age of 11. Um, and it was an amazing school. Uh, it had a working farm. We grew a lot of our own food. Everything was organic. And it was the kind of school where when Billy Jack came out, they they rented out the theater in town and buses bust the entire school. To go see Billy see Jack Billy because Jack. of the message of that Billy movie. Jack is written into my notes. Because, okay, exactly. Yeah. It's Billy Jack in space. It's Billy Jack kind in of. space. Um, you, I can't. The, okay, the, this you just blew my mind and made me so, so was, happy. I was, you, I was saying, how is it possible that the whole school did not get on buses to go see this movie? That's because why. it is. So of its time. This That's movie. exactly it, why I would have assumed you you would see it. It it's yeah. the same year that Billy Jack came out. It's the same time period. It's got it's you know almost it's, the same score. I know. I mean, I was thinking about this cluster of movies that came out around that time that that had a song or a, or a particular song in it that became more famous almost than the movie was. Like there was this. There was the Billy Jack song which was um one tin soldier one right tin soldier rides away there was remember bless the beasts and the children there was bless that the movie beast. yep with our friend miles chapin yep it. uh there was um uh billy joe McAllister jumping off the tallahatchie bridge yep. there was that movie uh and then there was another one i was thinking oh like you could almost put like uh nelson like uh, me and my arrow yeah in there too but that this th that flavor that Billy Jack has, I I can't believe you said that because that's such an esoteric connection. There's nothing about this that is Billy Jack except it is literally exactly the same. Yeah, it's like the same people who made Billy Jack decided let's make a space movie. Yeah, and the yeah. corn and the and the trees are the hippie children. Yes, exactly. And he's Billy Jack gonna gonna protect the hippie children. It yeah so. Okay, so this is interesting. Because... Ron Rifkin is the sheriff. <laughs> oh Not boy, really. Ron Rifkin is going to be the recipient of a of a video meme that is just just specially for his work in this movie. There is an actor who plays uh, a big role in this movie, though, who who uh, only in voiceover. Do you, and do you know who I'm talking about? Um, oh, wait, yeah, who is, oh, God. Joe Campanella. Okay. Joe Campanella, who for some indiscernible reason was not in The Godfather. Right. Like, he's the one guy, the one guy in Hollywood who looks like that, who wasn't in The Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was tied up. He was doing a Bond movie or something. At the something time. like that. Yeah. So... You didn't see this in the theater and you never caught up with it on TV because it was on television on like local here in New York, like on on Channel 11 or Channel 9. Yeah. All the time. 
never, never crossed my radar. Wow, that's so cool. It's it's kind of like a movie that I, I don't think I'd ever sat and seen the whole thing. It kind of, it was just always, it was just part of growing up because it was always on TV. So I knew parts of it. I just never. It gets super talky, so it's not really for kids. No, no. But you know, when you th- watch this movie and you think about the very first Earth Day was April 22nd, 1970. And they must have started working on this movie right after that, somewhere around there, because this movie came out early 72. So they had to have been writing it and thinking about it. you know. Yeah. And, and I remember that first Earth Day was such a big, big deal. Um, and, and for this movie to come, and terrariums, right, mm-hmm. were... Were you know early, late sixties, early seventies? Terrariums were really hip, you know. Yeah, that's true. And 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 Buckminster Fuller, and we're going to do geodesic domes and protect, you know, and all of that is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also got a it's also like a really crazy uh, anti-hero, anti-establishment, like severely, severely anti-establishment movie. Yeah, it's with, surprisingly uh, like zesty on the uh, fighting the authority. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which I love, but I was surprised to the to the to the the extremes to which Dern goes. Like, yeah, that's a big surprise. But then you know what's odd is that with all of that, you get this at the end of the movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, like special sincere thanks to. Every every division of the military industrial complex. Thank you for helping us make this anti-establishment movie. Yeah, that's why they they the military got hip after that and they stopped, you know. They stopped, <laughs> they stopped doing stopped that. They stopped helping out unless the ideology lined up. That 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 that's crazy. Yeah. They I know that, you know, originally the I don't know. What I've read is that originally the script didn't have that ecological bent to it. The original script was more like a movie that you would like. Like About traditionally, an old, codger, the, an old codger who's resisting authority. Right. Who goes off on his own and, and breaks the rules and kind of does his thing his way. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, cause, you know, I mean, that's you in a nutshell, man. So you like just, me. You're just like, you're a wild stallion. You can't be controlled. Wild horses can't be broken. Wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Something else. Um, yeah. So the, so I just, you know, they really do test the limits right away, which is kind of great because the opening of the movie is is a close-up of a slug and a frog and a turtle with with Joan Baez singing and ordinarily if you want to clear a room for me <laughs> these are the things that you would have to do and then a rabbit yes looking really cute yeah that but that kind of redeems it i mean it starts with they don't even lead with the rabbit <laughs> they start with fungus and then a close up of a snail, a snail. yeah that, was that a snail or was that a teamster? I could never figure out which <laughs> somebody on the crew. <laughs> um, 
Wow. Uh, so <laughs> I'll never work again. Hey, you're, not working, you're not working now. So what's the difference? <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, and then you got the Joan Baez. Now, I I, I could only uh, get with the Joan Baez move. Ironically, kind of like I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't fully accept that. That didn't warm me the way that they wanted it to. Really, even though the music was written by Peter Schickel or PDQ Bach, PDQ the PDQ Bach dude, <laughs> incredible. Well, yeah. his some of his score is actually pretty great. I yeah. think you know the the main theme is really good. Um, yeah. But then the Joan they were really heavy yeah, on the Joan dancing in the sun. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of arbitrarily hippie, arbitrarily hippie-ish. Like I. Yeah mud and toes and dancing in the sun and i remember those lyrics <laughs> mud and toes mm -hmm. two of my favorite things mud and toes <laughs> mutton toe or mutton toes mutton toes yeah. you've heard of mutton chops get ready for the new craze don't oh, wear those like... skinny jeans and get some mutton toes <laughs> <laughs> there you go um some of the other uh crew well you talked about douglas trumbull right 2001 sure yeah drama to strain star trek the motion picture blade runner and brainstorm and brainstorm directed brainstorm uh yeah he's a really he was a really cool guy i, I mean uh kind of um started out as an animator and then did, you know got into photography and photographic effects and you know he's responsible if you don't know who he is like he's probably most famous for the the, the last 20 minutes 30 minutes of 2001 that's the trip through the you know that weird uh, altered dimension that um the astronaut goes down that tunnel of light which apparently the the surfing the the rings of um saturn in this movie was something they wanted to have some yeah. of those effects in 2001 and couldn't do them yet i read that as well and um so take that stanley kubrick yeah there Douglas you go. trumbull coming at coming for you got the rings of saturn and then john dykstra mm -hmm. who was a who kid was a college student yeah who was hired to work on this movie who went on to rule the galactic world of star wars yeah here and then my, the writers here's my guy come here buddy Stephen Bochco. Stephen Bochco, who redefined television with uh, Hillel Street Jews. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, no, Hill Street Blues. <laughs> That's right. Um, that was a surprising, that was surprising to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, and, yeah. you know, the other thing was like that Bruce Dern, um, this was his first break out from being a bad guy on on tv essentially yeah and still perfecting his uh technique of acting with his mouth open um, <laughs> he started his own school yeah it's, it's called um, a gape a gape theater yeah it's it's always it's it's always open the uh, i call it the open mouth technique um <laughs> Uh, little little photo of the open mouth tech acting technique there, um, which he's a big fan of. Now, I feel that you're, uh, I don't know, I feel like you're getting a little testy with Mr. Dern. With Mr. Dern? Um, 
I mean, that was not a respectful thing to say to, a, to an actor of his generation and stature. I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm just saying it was, <laughs> we can't just move on as if just that didn't happen. That. No, I think he's done some amazing, amazing work. And I've, I've always enjoyed his work. But it's it, you, you, you cast him because you're looking for a particular thing. You, you're, you're looking for somebody like Jack Nicholson, who, who's less expensive. Who's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you did. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's he's gonna be odd, and he's you know, he's yeah, gonna, he's gonna stand out. But he doesn't. He he also doesn't always have to. He also can tone that up or down too. Yeah. Um. There's a movie called. Have you ever seen the trip? No. That would be a fun one to cover. I, I I would I would like if anybody's interested, and you can you can tell us during the show or or text us through or email us through the Apple Podcasts. Right? There's a way to. Are we alone in space, or can people get in touch? No, with there, us? there people can get to us through uh, through our website arkinbros.com. There's all okay. kinds of ways to get. We're we're easy to find because a uh, a '60s like a '60s rebel psychedelia uh binge might be fun Ooh, could be i could also just you know have a post-traumatic stress reaction to oh them. you don't like that right okay no i like they can be good but they can remind me of bad episodes in my childhood so, yes you know. yeah uh well I mean, Dern in this movie bears a remarkable resemblance to somebody who was my my stepfather for a period of time oh okay okay that who's makes great, sense who's a great guy who's yeah. a great guy but that's sort of very sort of no man gotta save the planet and you know that mm -hmm. like, whoa okay yeah. <laughs> kids here yeah <laughs> don't save the planet what are you there's kids around stop that stop <laughs> saying you want to save things well don't say don't say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I did feel like I was at a trip, at a school, a bit of like a school trip. I feel like there's something about like watching this movie that makes you feel like you're looking at a viewmaster, or, or like uh, looking at the movie through a viewmaster. Yeah, you know, or like that. You're. It brought me back to a. It brought me back to like. Going on a school trip and seeing a, a, a movie in a museum with like yeah. night creature like creatures in cages, like like groundhog and you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have to ask you a question too. Is there um is there there's an homage to two thousand and I mean there's a couple, I think, but there's a, a very interesting reversal homage to 2001 in this movie that I think I caught. Um, you know the moment I'm talking about? No, I, I don't. When the robots go outside, when, when, when he starts to oh. <laughs> weird, the robots go outside mm -hmm. in space to be alone so they can talk about him. Yes. I'm not that's, making that up, right? That's actually true. I think that's actually true. And then if that's the case, that's that is. It's also in the sense that, you know, 
it's a flip of 2001 in the sense that it's a human that does what Hal does in the movie. You know, Hal's a computer that goes right offline, kind of, and Dern's a person that goes offline, but he does it for the right reasons and does horrible, right. horrible things. He, yeah. we're just going to say it. People. Spoiler everybody, people. He kills every other person in the movie. He kills everybody in the universe in, in his universe. Yeah. He kills more people relatively than Thanos did. Well, wait a minute. Does he kill the people on the other on the other ship? Yeah, he I jettisons he blows up his own ship. No, he closes them in the he shuts them inside the 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 botanical thing that explodes. They can't get out. Right. On his ship. Yeah. But he doesn't at the end of the movie, he doesn't kill the people in the other ship who are no, no. Well, we don't know. He might, but no, I'm talking about he just kills all the people that we meet on in the his, movie. Yeah. All, just meet. only all the people that we actually know in the yeah, film. But that's only four that's only three other people. Three people in cold blood, in yeah. a rage. And doesn't spend even thirty seconds seeming to feel bad about it. He wonders about it. He has a couple of little flashbacks. It's like he, he does, I, I would say you're right that he wonders about it. He wonders about it. as far as it goes. He just <laughs> yeah. wonders about he it. He like goes, wow, I really killed those people, didn't I? I? He's like, I did kill them, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I, I did. Yeah. And then he teaches the robots how to bury them. And turn them, return them to the soil. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. You know, this is also, the, the you could flip this around and make this the beginning of a great uh, space vampire movie because you've got the crates of Earth. You've yeah. got a guy buried on that thing. Oh. You're one, you're one seed pot away from great space vampire sequel. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and then the sequel will be called Running Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> now do you know about the actors who played um Huey Dewey and Louie? I was a, I was worried about talking. I was thought we would get here and um and we have. And we're, now we're here. Yeah. Um I I I have to say uh I I didn't know how they uh, I didn't know how they did it. No, um, I didn't either. And I and I was watching it and saying those are clearly somehow being operated by people inside them. But it wasn't, I, I didn't get the, I mean, they, they, they did a great job with covering. I mean, they don't look like real robots, but they, but I couldn't ultimately think of what else they could be at a certain point because right. you're not expecting what it is, what, how they were operated. Right. Um, and I gotta say, like, I'm glad, I'm glad that I hope that the, that, uh, I hope that everybody had a good time. I just hope that they did. Yeah. I mean, I hope they got work. It, it, it'd be nice if they could have been in something else. Yes. Yeah. You know, right. Lines of dialogue. Lines of dialogue. Yeah. Because while people may be wondering what the heck we're talking about, um, but what, what don't Anthony and I discovered is that they, they had multiple amputees inside these small little robots which are really precursors to r2d2 yeah yeah very much so 
I mean, they're like the droids in like a little bit like R2 or like the robots in the black hole, the similar, yeah, similar to that, but, but, but really kind of advanced. I mean, the, the robotics I thought were, were interest were really compelling to watch. Yeah. Trumbull, I think does robotics too. Like, I think he knows about that. And at least they had a team of people that did. And they, so the mechanical arms and stuff, those were actual robotics that those weren't operated by, by people. No, but they'd have like, you know, um, people double amputees in these um, in these costumes and they would they would walk using their hand. Now they could walk using their hands on, you know, blocks, I guess. And the it, the way that the suits are designed, it, it's really cool. But I also when I found out how it was done, I was like, every time I find that out, I'm like, oh, oh cool. Oh, OK. Like, yeah. I, 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 like I hope. OK. I hope this is I hope this is good. I hope they had a good experience and you yeah. know felt like actors and were treated with respect and I I hope so. Well, they certainly did, you know, I thought really and this may sound strange to say because they're in robot uh appliances, you know, the, we don't see them at all. But they did manage to convey character and emotion in the way they moved them and responded to things. I mean, one of my favorite moments in the movie is the bored toe tapping of the ro robot at one. <laughs> it's great. You know, I, I didn't mean to imply that they that they didn't do a great job. Uh, you know, in the suits, they they were great. I thought they were really convincing, and they're probably my favorite characters by far. Actually, in in the movie, they definitely are. Um, I just meant that like anytime I hear, you know, anytime there's a part in any movie and I, I just always felt this way where like the part is, you know, the cat, they cast it because the part is, there's a, something physically that they're looking for. Like right. it's a person with one yeah. leg or if it's a person who's heavy set or skinny or whatever that I just always right. feel like, how would I feel if I were cast, you know, just cause I happen to have that feature, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's neither and we're not going to talk about w which one that would be for you. Uh, I've made a lot of money. Let's put it that way. I've made <laughs> I've made really good money, but it's not that's not good money. It's not money you really want around. You're not proud of it. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I, and I'm not even I'm not even like striving to be like sensitive about this. I, I, I just, I honestly do think about whenever I see a part that's yeah. like, it's oh. a two line part or something. And it's not like, they're not really a character and they're just there to be physically right. that the, the butt of a joke right. or the thing. Yeah. And, I, and that it goes to like people who are, you know, uh, uh, shaped in a way that could get them into a suit that covers them up. And I just, oh, there's something so funny right. about that. Yeah. Um, um, but they were they were great. They actually were really good, like really memorable uh, characters in the movie. And they were kind of my favorite things. About can I, I want to apologize to the people who are going to be uh, listening to this on the podcast, because I have some photographs that I want to show my brother, Anthony, and get his feedback on. I am I'm wonderful at describing photographs. OK, so I want oh. you to describe these photographs and then I will ask you questions about them. So um, we will start with uh, we'll start with this one because uh, I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at here. It looked vaguely familiar to me. 
Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're saving some money everywhere they can. They just happen to have <laughs> some movie equipment hanging around the old the old starship. Yeah. So this was sophisticated movie sophisticated starship C, C clamps and tripods <laughs> yeah. in a box. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. And then um another another thing I had some questions about was um the incredibly sophisticated uh computer uh discs that have to be inserted you know circuit floppy discs inserted into the computer which actually appear to have wooden dowels on they are made out of cardboard and they wiggle around i mean there are there were a couple of details i that you're just like really like you got some of this really good you you can't see that that's a piece that's a block of wood yeah all right. Yeah. Okay. A uh, couple more. Uh, you'll have to describe this to the audience. The, this all uh, gets cut out of the audio podcast, right? We edit this part out. No, they're going to hear this. Oh, um, yeah. They're going to okay. hear this part here. Apparently, and I'll describe this. Apparently, the very sophisticated food that you eat in space uh, consists of marshmallows, um, marshmallows, Brussels sprouts. Uh, rice crispy treats and cubed ham I yes think. that's uh also looks like they're uncooked brussels sprouts for they're sure uncooked brussels sprouts i think that's gotta be yeah um and then um apparently human beings uh evolve to the point where uh instead of blood we uh we just um we bleed um Oh, where is it? It's here somewhere. Oh, yes, we bleed. Because that that's the worst representation of blood I've ever seen in a movie. That's just somebody spray painted his leg with red paint. That is right? like directly, that is like a hammer horror movie. That's the color of hammer horror blood right there. Yeah, that's okay. paint. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was like, what am I looking at here? And then the other thing I thought was interesting was that in at this time in the future, um, that um, I did love the fact that that uh, Mumenschance was still around, uh, <laughs> apparently performing in space. Um, the space is pandemic Mumenschance because there's just no toilet paper. Other than that, it's. Right. He looks like he's moving in woman shots. Um, and then this picture, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I do think I'm seeing just bubbles on the mat painting there. You see what I'm talking about? Where it like didn't get squeegeed down <laughs> enough, and there's air no. bubbles in in here. There's air bubbles. I don't. I'm. It's not. I can't see it uh, clearly enough. It's not clear enough in this in this no. picture. And it's certainly nobody would be able to hear them on the audio podcast. On the audio, We're looking right, at a picture I'll, of a spaceship. I'll stop, I'll stop with against the matte painting uh, that has some defects in it. All which right. is too bad because the the matte paintings were some of the better. I mean, those effects were not bad; they were pretty no, good. No, they're terrific. You know All what right. the you know what the budget was on this movie? Seventeen dollars. 
Okay. Well, no, that was, but that was 71. That was in 72. Yeah. So that was $72. It was a million dollars. A million dollars. Yeah. Jesus. You know where they, how they shot it, where they shot it. Did you read all about that? On, on a, uh, a, a, a destroyer or an aircraft car a battleship that was about had yeah been yeah i yeah. think it was an aircraft carrier um but uh because it had a big deck so i guess it i don't know it could have been a battleship as well but um yeah because they couldn't afford to build all those sets they just there was no way so they spent the whole time uh, crammed into into one of those yeah but it was very effective pretty good they use some of that stuff in battlestar galactica too one um, of the things i really liked about it is that that they didn't gussy it up like like this was a what does looked, that mean they didn't they didn't make it they didn't fancify i see it. yes make it look it looked very utilitarian we have to go work in outer space and yeah. cut corners the way they it's like and drive you know, our go-karts around like mad I'd see I understand why they needed something like like that in the movie, but I don't understand why they thought that was acceptable. Because that oh, was wanna... that was just terrible. Hey, I do Those... want to back up for one second though, because we talked you were talking, you made some very good points about the actors playing the drones. Okay. So we should say their names. Mark I Person, think so. Mark Person, Steve Brown, Cheryl Sparks, and Larry Wisenhunt. Fantastic. Were the actors playing those roles? Um, did you know what? Did we look up? Did, did they do other? Did they do other stuff? I didn't really see other credits for okay. them. I checked them out. That's interesting. So they, they probably weren't. Then they may not have been even actors. They may have just been people that they hired through something other than a casting service for for acting. Yeah. I, you know. That's a big um, credit. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do that kind of work, that movie's a that was that was a pretty big movie. That'd be like being Penny Baker. Get, they do get an introducing at the end, right? In the credits, didn't they get? A, I I don't I don't watch credits. I'm I'm uh, off to something exciting. Who cares? And the movie's who over. Who worked on this movie? And mm -hmm. it does it? have. I think. I mean, it's safe to say that this is the worst stunt ever in the world that ever got shot in a film. Is Ron Rifkin the best actor who's the worst stuntman or is, is, did he have a double for this so that somehow they like spliced the camera, they spliced the film somewhere in there. So we can't see that someone else took that fall or was that Rifkin? Can you answer? Are you there, Matthew? I'm Can you here. talk to me? I feel very alone. You've frozen again. What up for us here? That's Rifkin. I'm Ron frozen? Rifkin, you did for I a second. Froze? Oh, am I back? You're back. Okay. Well, I'm going to share the Ron Rifkin. You want me to share the Ron Rifkin clip, right? Let's set this up. Ron okay. Rifkin and his one of the other teammates, teammates, one of the other astronauts, uh, are <laughs> running around the ship. They're look. They're looking for where to put the nuclear devices. I think to blow up the ship because the ship was called to Earth. As you do, because, because whenever we, you leave, you don't care about trees anymore. You know who cares? We've never told anybody the plot of this movie. Um, no, 
we did say that Joan Baez was singing to a tree frog in the beginning of it. <laughs> That's really so it really does set it up. And Bruce Dern's in it. So, you know, somebody who eats granola is in the movie. Is it yogurt? This is a guy that eats a lot of yogurt. Right. And they're on a ship, which is part of a fleet, which is preserving all of the different flora and fauna from the planet Earth because nothing is alive on Earth anymore. People are just, uh, the, the the environment is completely regulated. There's no nothing living. Everything's completely manufactured. And they're preserving everything in outer space. And something happens on Earth and, they're, and the, the planet Earth, they're like, eh, you know what? We don't need that crap anymore. Yeah. Blow it all up and come home. Yeah. And everybody's, all the crew are, oh, we get to go home, finally get jettison all this crap, these animals and plants, who needs it? And and Bruce Dern is, rebels and, and takes off with his, kills his crewmates and takes off with the ship. Kills his, straight up murders his crewmates. Yeah. This is like Alien if Alien were a person. Well, the first one's an accident. <laughs> Kind of a fit of temper. The se- the, the the second it's two. It's not both. an a- a fi- I, an accident. Listen, okay. <laughs> All right. This, now we a- have to have this, a serious discussion because <laughs> you're a lawyer, or at least you used to be, and you have to know the distinction between an accident and <clears throat> just murder. But it's it it's in the it is it is uh in in a, a state of heightened emotion. There are mitigating circumstances. He was upset. The heat of passion doesn't mean it's an accident. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. Okay. All I mean, right. it's it's actually specifically not an accident if it's the heat of passion because, you know, it's <laughs> reacting to something very specific. All right. Okay. He. It's a better podcast if we just say, which is true, he straight up murders everybody, everybody on the ship with him. <laughs> he disagrees with with them and all they're doing is carrying out orders now i i am very sympathetic all the nazis were doing is carrying out orders okay you just you just you really don't have to do that i actually lost the argument because you know there is there is a uh there is a theorem that says the first person who when when you're having an argument the first person who brings up Nazis loses. <laughs> is, that, is that an actual theory? Yeah, it's an actual thing. It's just like, if you have to resort to bringing up Nazis, <laughs> that's, you've, lost, that's great. you've lost your argument. I love that. Yeah. Okay, well, well, okay. Well, actually, the theorem is that every argument will eventually, somebody will bring up Nazis. Okay. And the corollary to the theorem is that the first one to bring up Nazis loses the argument. That is really good. Yeah. Um, and I do think you lost the argument, but I I, 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 I like to think it was because I won, not because you brought up Nazis. However, okay. I think that um, I think that, you know, it's fun because they're flipping around the rules on this. You know, they're 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 flipping around 2001. They're kind of doing anti 2001. So I like to flip this around and just kind of notice that this is actually Alien, the movie Alien, if if the creature were, if the xenomorph were played by Bruce Dern, which right. I think you could make a case for him being able to fit into the suit. Or he may have played the xenomorph. 
or it's Noah's Ark in space, but Noah turns into a murderer. Into a homicidal <laughs> maniac. Yeah. Yeah, and Noah turns out to be Jason from, <laughs> from Friday the 13th. So set up your clip. Oh, the clip is, uh, this is why Ron Rifkin gets so much work. Let's put it that way. This is why Ron works so much. Okay, here we go. Um, and we're playing it now. You better get Lola to fix that for you. Damn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Please, could you play it again and crank the volume? I sure. just, I, I worry that, that, that it's too good to miss if you, all you're doing is hearing it in the podcast. This is the, the loudest I can get it here. Oh, my hand. Hey, you all right? You better get Lola to fix that for you. What? <laughs> Were you even really looking at how he fell? How do you... I don't know how he did any of the things that he did. I don't know how why he fell. I don't know how he cuts his hand. I don't know. He literally, like, cuts his own hand on that tree. Yeah. You can see him do it. Yeah, it makes it... He sticks his hand in there. He's like, oh. down. Ah. And, then he won't, and then he doesn't let go of the branch for a second, yeah. like, as if it's pulling him. And, and yeah. I don't... I honestly... I've looked at that clip a bunch now no and I, I don't know i don't know why that was printed that i don't was, know why that was not left on the cutting room floor that was pretty extraordinary couldn't you just have had ron talk to bruce dern without him having to fix his hand for instance once they shot that couldn't they have just said like you know we don't have to put that in the movie because that's really not very good but i think they were i think what they were doing was uh, a really sophisticated uh, exposition to establish that Bruce Dern was also the medical officer on the ship mm. who is then why going, is that back, why, going why, to have to operate on himself and train the robots how to no I don't, I'm being an idiot I'm I think different. the robots could have known how to do I think they know how to do it anyway yeah so uh you know Ron Rifkin's fall I I don't I didn't think I thought that was going to play better. I wish somebody out there listening might type in and say thank you for playing something funny because Matthew didn't didn't seem to love it. No, I love that. I I love that clip. It's the I, worst stunt I've ever seen. It is the worst stunt I've ever seen. And Ron Rifkin is not somebody you would expect to be doing a stunt. I don't hold it against him. I didn't know that Ron Rifkin. Uh, my assumption was uh, with Ron Rifkin was that he started acting in his sixties. That he <laughs> that's what he, I, he arrived. Yeah. He arrived fully fledged as an yeah. old man. Like the idea of him as a young man and like a movie married actor, for thirty years. Like that's how it started. Just already. Yeah. He like he looks young. Like he'd go to a nightclub. This guy. Like yeah. who, What the heck is that's going not on? Ron Rifkin. No. 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 But then my kids, you know, my daughter saw a picture of me a, a couple, like two years ago, she saw a picture of me from my 30s and called me up. Daddy, you had hair. Oh. And, mm. You know, it's like, yeah, I did not always look like this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, 
Um, I hope you're all watching the podcast. <laughs> because on the podcast, <laughs> I look awesome. Well, if you're listening, I hope you're paying attention to whatever it is you're really doing. I, you don't have to be watching the podcast <laughs> uh, if it's a podcast, just so you're if clear. You're driving. If you're driving, just listen. Don't watch road, it. Listen, don't have to watch. watch the pod. Yeah. I explained the picture. Oh, here, here you go. You got a little love here. Hey, here you thank you, Seth. Thank you. There. You got some. Do you feel thank better? You. Do you feel better? Um, I do feel better. I'm glad. I, it's nice to know, you know, that uh, that somebody somebody has got my back. Yeah. Now you had another clip you wanted to play too. I did. I mean, th this actually kind of like sets up Bruce Stern's character, and it's a little little speech that he gives, which sets up <clears throat> just how he feels about the state of things. It's a very very early '70s vibe to this whole ethos, which I can get behind. Let's be honest. All right. I'm a, I'm a 70s guy. Well, let's hear it. On Earth, everywhere you go, the temperature is 75 degrees. Everything is the same. All... Going great. Lola, if it's so rotten, why do you want to go back? Because it's not too late to change it. <laughs> what do you want, Lola? I mean, there's hardly any more disease. There's no more poverty. Nobody's out of a job. That's right. Every time we have the argument, you say the same thing to me. You give me the same three answers all the time. The same thing. Well, everybody has a job. That's always the last one. But you know what else there is no more of, my friend? There is no more beauty. And there's no more imagination. And there are no frontiers left to conquer. You know why? Only one reason why. One reason why the same attitude that you three guys are giving me right here in this room today. And that is nobody cares. I think right John... I think Joe Biden studied that clip getting ready for the. Uh, <laughs> I bet Joe Biden loves this movie. That 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 I wouldn't surprise me. He would love this movie. This would be the kind of movie I could see him deliberating, actually taking the whole family to, because it would be important. There's some things in this film, kids, that are important, and I think you should see them. Uh, some of it might disturb you and it might be a tad adult, even though it's G rated, like straight up. It's straight a G rated, G -rated movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is a movie where he murders three of his friends in cold <laughs> blood. Rating system is so fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. <laughs> but you know, murders three of his friends in cold blood. That's what makes him my kind of guy. Well, right now you now you yeah now we got a person that you Matthew can can have a drink with <laughs> kind of guy I hang yeah. out with. <laughs> own killer. Um, yeah, I was thinking about like, I thought it was a shame that there were there were no uh, act you know women in the movie. I thought there could have certainly been a <sighs> a, a female or two on board, right. Uh, and I and then I thought, oh, maybe they didn't because, well, maybe they didn't because most women were too smart to spend two months on an air on a destroyer with a bunch of dudes in 1972. Yeah, but maybe um, they were like, well, if he he can't kill a lady in cold blood, that would be that would send the audience out feeling just too conflicted. Yeah, don't you think? Like that would have been. I mean, why not? What ultimately? What's the difference if your friend is a man or a woman and you kill them? It's just you're still killing your friend. Yeah, but that may have gotten them a PG thirteen. That would have been PG thirteen. 
Yeah. Do you know? Especially um, if he killed her in the shower or something. Like, that's where I thought the movie was going. <laughs> do you know the story behind the watering can? I I do. Why don't you tell it? Because that's actually, that's, thank you for segueing to hear from my horrible <laughs> jokes about this. <laughs> God. Oh. <laughs> things are going well okay yeah and that's a, that's a that's a very sad sad story sad story um but i think also you know interesting that he would use that um the the very very sadly bruce bruce dern and uh and his wife the 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 wonderful actor diane ladd um lost a uh a daughter at, at 18 months old from head injuries falling into a swimming pool. And uh, Bruce Dern brought onto the set, and it's used in the movie, a, a watering can that belonged to her. And actually, in the, in the scene that's oddly moving at the end of the movie, after Bruce Dern is blown, he jettisons one last um, of the geodesic domes with plants in it with one of the robots in it. And he jettisons it to travel off into space to save the plants and trees. And then he blows himself up. And the last shot of the movie is this lonely robot all alone in this geodesic dome watering plants and trees with this watering can that had belonged to uh, his daughter. Um. And it, it's actually, it was a very moving scene without knowing that, and then becomes uh, an even more moving scene when you know that connection. Yes. And Joan Baez starts singing, and it becomes slightly it's less, less moving. Yeah, <laughs> somewhat less. Um, yeah, it, it, it's um, it's got... It, it, the it robot alone. Well, and the other thing that's so cool yeah. is that, that's, I mean, that's where they got Wally, let's face it. Wally comes from them, that movie, the end of that right. movie. Yeah. I mean, but it, it also almost looks like Wally. That, it also made me think of that last transmission from that that rover on Mars or whatever, where the, the last transmission was, I'm cold, it's getting dark, or something like that. Do you know about that? No, but you're these stories are really disturbed. Now they're we're getting even creep. Now this is even worse. What's no, happening? One of one of the one of the rovers, one of the NASA or JPL rovers that was on, I think on Mars, um, was or or maybe I don't know if we've sent stuff to the moons of Jupiter, but it was you know there for years doing its science experiments, and then its batteries started to fail. And its last transmission was, I'm cold. No, uh, uh, I'm cold. It's getting dark. Oh, my God. Something, something like that. Oh, and, no. And Abigail, my daughter, Abigail, like, read that and called me. This was just, like, two years ago. She started crying. Like, oh, my God. I'm going to start crying. That's That's <laughs> awful. This is this is these are terribly disturbing stories. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, these are these. This is very. This has gotten to be very grim. 
well, do we have something something perky to 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 bring us up before before we wrap this up? Yeah, I think we just go back to the fact that this is a this is a G rated movie in which the main <laughs> character kills his three friends and then commits suicide. <laughs> yeah, it's G rated. I can't. I just put that together. I I don't know. I don't know why. I didn't actually think of it in those terms before now, but it's true. That's what it is. I don't think, I think it's safe to say it's the only film of its kind. The only film that could be considered G rated for children in which those things happen. (laughs) Okay. And, and in which several nuclear explosions take out the last living things on earth. That's the other thing that's pretty heavy, but that's just baked into the story. Yeah. And rabbits, rabbits getting killed, just senselessly killed. Yeah. Um, it's cold. It's getting dark. I'm cold. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Last last broadcast. <sighs> yeah. Pretty bizarre. So Joan Baez. Um, I'm gonna say there was an uptick in sales for her records after this movie came out. This had to. This had to promote her. It had to be a mutual you know, uh, of mutual help. She yeah. probably got a, a, a she new was, fan base out of yeah. it. Well, she was a big deal, though. That, yeah. Um, not so much anymore. I I don't hear her songs on on the radio. They're not. Uh, I know that I don't. I don't hear them a lot on the radio anymore. You don't hear them a lot. No. Um. um I bet she's on uh, on on like you know pandemic what is that radio station spotify (laughs) (laughs) on pandemic fm Uh, yeah satellite pandemic yeah i'm sure you can find her on spotify i have a i have a spotify uh account they have they have everybody you have a soft spotify in your heart for her yeah um but see that's funny do you like john bias because i would think that would immediately remind you of of all the hippie nonsense that yeah in in a bad way Joan Baez gets gets me in a bad way. Anybody that asks me to start crying before they say anything, I'm like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. 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 No, she uh, I mean, that was a little too. There's some hippy dippy folk music that I like. Um, and some that that said like like the the uh, go ahead and hate your neighbor. Go ahead and cheat a friend. That's a great song. One mm-hmm. year. That's a great song. It, apparently, the ethics that you believe in. <laughs> <laughs> this noir thing is in that song very yeah, slowly. Exactly. Go ahead, cheat a neighbor. Yeah. Go ahead, kill your friends. Blow yeah. yourself up in a spaceship. I don't care. <laughs> honey, I'm honey badger. I'm the honey badger. Uh, honey badgers don't care. Yeah. I do want to say that I think uh they should remake this movie. And I, I I think it would be a great movie to remake right now. Oh yeah! Like this would be timely. I was thinking, you know, who would you cast in it? I'm gonna say, who I'm gonna say I I would cast Jeffrey Wright as as the main character and put him as the gardener in space. Yeah, that would be good. Jake Gyllenhaal would be. Jake Gyllenhaal can be in anything. Come on, let's face it. Yeah, he's a big star, Matthew. He's fantastic. Um, how about uh, okay? I'm gonna have to work on the Ron Rifkin role. 
Um, you know what? If you made the if you made the woman if you made the lead a woman in the remake, she could kill many more people and be, get away with it, and no one would be that's upset. That's true. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer could, Lawrence could kill 13, well, 15, 13 or fourteen people before the audience turned on her. So let's go yeah, with that. Fine with that. Yeah. But she can't kill herself. No. She won't sacrifice herself. Um, I doubt it. I doubt she'd go for that. We could remake this movie and call it a promising young botanist. I haven't seen that yet. I got to check it out. Have you seen it? I did see it. I mean, I know it's off topic. It's not silent running. No, but um, are you going to, are, are you going to say anything about it or not? No, because uh, there, there are people who connected with that movie who could hire us someday. So it was no matter <laughs> so what. Now, I they, think, now they know what you think of it. No matter what I now think. They know. Spectacular. Now no, they I, know. <laughs> Glad you didn't care for it. Uh, I actually, I thought it was there. There were a couple of things that I had quibbles with. Okay. Not, I don't think it was a bad movie. There were a couple okay. of things I had quibbles with, namely that you weren't getting any residuals from a it. lot of a lot of it was that I wasn't in it. <laughs> uh, that is a problem. Yeah, that's my, I have a big problem with a lot of movies. Problem like with so many things yeah. these days. Um, yeah. Uh, so what are we what are we gonna do next week? Is there is there is there a monkey branch we can swing from? Uh, well, I I think I think I, I'd like to know whether you know we're done with our science fiction uh, uh, riff here. Or we move to a new. Do you want to move to a new genre? Well, uh, we could move to. I can, I can. I'm easy. I could go any any which way. Well, we all know that makes for thrilling, exciting drama. It's someone who doesn't, who's amb- is ambivalent. It's just so thrilling. <laughs> I'm out of anything. I can take it or leave it. I'm dying at some point to do a uh, a uh, a rom com uh, streak because I know you will just hate everything that I love. No, that's not that's not really true. Um, I get a bad rap for that. There are plenty of rom-coms that I love, and um, I just hope you pick the good ones. Ah, uh, okay. No, uh, I mean, uh, well, is, well, like, is Volcano done too much? Um, I don't. I hear it referenced once in a while, but no one really talked. It wasn't a big hit, and nobody really talks about that movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Well, we were not going to disagree on much of that. I do love a okay, lot of that. Okay, well, movie. Then let's forget that. <laughs> Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Okay. You know, since we're, if we're really going to do this, if we're going to rom com town, you, you got to, you, I don't want you to, you know, I, I, I agreed to do Escape from New York. Okay. I agreed to that. You need to. Uh, I don't know if Notting Hill is important to you or not. You, you, seem to... you agreed to do it. You mean you agreed to do it in spite of the fact that it was important to you and you thought that I would not like it? Essentially, that's, that's what you mean. Okay, no, I mean, just don't. So, I mean, is Notting Hill a movie you care about or not? Um, you like it. I like it. I don't, I, I'm not gonna like sit there and defend it as being a great, <laughs> you okay. know. I, I love, but I love it. Are there oh, no, love oh, actually? So, oh, love okay. actually. You know, I'm just trying to pick movies that I know well, that I think will make your skin leave your body and climb up the wall without you. 
Um, okay, Th- then uh, you know I've seen some of some stuff, not not all. So uh, you know, go do your worst. <laughs> well, no, everybody sees love actually all the time. I mean, that's a that's a perennial cloud. Let's. Uh... Is that the one with Bill Bill Nye? Yeah. Where he plays an old pop star or rock star? You either wrote, yeah, he plays an old pop star. Um, Seth Michael May is telling us to watch the trip. Okay, well, I, I thank you, Seth, for backing that up. I think that's a good one, but, um, but I think Matthew may may really not enjoy it. Well, then let's, really go, upset. then let's go for it. <laughs> let's go for it. <clears throat> All right. Why well, should I enjoy my life? No, that's not, that's not, I, you know, look, you, you, you were invested in the rom-com thing. You wanted to do it. And then you, I, I feel like you, you got to, no, no, I want you to, I want you to champion it. I want you to try to, to get me to like this in a way that. You get you I, to like rom-coms? Yeah. Okay. Or, or to get me to consider going to like, because I don't want to, I, I, don't give me a bad rap. I mean, I don't, I don't hate rom-coms. Well, okay. I, I literally don't. Okay. I love bringing up baby too much for me to hate rom-coms. Okay. But um, it's never going to be the first choice. Like you, you got to, you, your job would be to try to get me away from pressing play on the horror thriller on front you know second to the wrong rom-com is never going to be my first choice for a movie either i mean i i i i end up watching a rom-com because you're on a date and let's watch the rom-com but then i end up loving okay one that i all the movie i always want to see is going to be like you tell me that the latest in the line of fire came out i am there like that that is the movie in the line of fire patriot games um those kinds of movies i'll crawl over broken glass to see and then somebody says oh yeah let me see the rob comfort <laughs> i'm like oh all right i'll go see that right. and i end up loving it okay right? i mean i resisted seeing love actually for i'm like i do not want to see that piece of crap i don't want to see it and then I'm like, oh, I love this movie. I love this so much. Oh, I'm getting all kinds of feels. <laughs> I don't know why my go-to, my go-to warm, cozy feeling is just a psychotic trip to Helltown. Like that's what makes me gives me the oh, warmth. And you're criticizing me for liking, you know. I'm not criticizing. I'm just noting it. There's no criticism. For loving the the hero in Kiss Me Deadly. Um, yeah, that's but that's truly horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> kiss me deadly um so uh yeah i i just really want to but i, I think just... we're gonna go to the rom-com route and really test ourselves we would have to see one of the rom-coms which even i haven't seen any of the rom-coms starring katherine heigl now there's a test. That could be a good test. That could be that could For be a good test. That could you could do that, or there could be like uh, who else does some of those? 
we could stop there. Let's just say Catherine Heigl. Okay, so we're, we're gonna, gonna watch. We're gonna we're gonna pick a Catherine Heigl rom com and watch it because even I won't go there. Okay, we'll see if we'll see if this we're it, let's use it as a test to see if we're missing something in our lives. Okay, because maybe awesome. we're making a mistake. Maybe we should really be going to the, to that kind of movie. Yeah, uh, so instead. So tune in next week for a Catherine Heigl rom com. Which one we don't know, but they'll we, be... we don't know. It will be it will be announced. Okay. We'll talk about it in the in twenty seven dresses. Seth Michael May is saying, "Is that Catherine Heigl?" Answer quickly, Seth. Quick type <laughs> type type. This is live. People are listening. Seth isn't. We don't pay you, Seth. We don't pay Seth for this. We're not paying him, but I want an answer. Um, I think um, that we have Google and we can figure that out. Okay. Is that Catherine Heigl's 27 dresses? It it might be. Yes, it is. He says it is. All right. So next yeah, thank you. Okay. 27 dresses starring Catherine Heigl, unless it's not available on any of our streaming platforms. D- does she kill her friends and commit suicide in a, in a space nuclear space. space explosion? It is available, he says. All right, great. We know what yeah, we're doing. Thank you. Week. You know, we're probably both gonna be sorry. Except I will predict that if I am sorry, you'll be happier than I am. You'll Let's be happier than I'm sorry. If we're sorry, we promise we will watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants for the next one. For the next one. Oh my God, are we going to do Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? If we if we have a bad time with this one, <laughs> we're going to do Sisterhood of, a tra- of the Traveling Pants for sure. Okay, afterwards. awesome. <laughs> All right. And or Yaya Sisterhood, if that is a thing, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is the yeah something. But that's not really a rom com. That's more like a that's more like a girl power movie. Yeah. So I don't want to make fun of that because that who wants to do that? Is, is is not a rom com. It's a. Uh, we'll figure out what we're gonna do following Twenty Seven Dresses. You know, maybe after Twenty Seven Dresses, we have to do Fifty First Dates. We'll do, uh, we'll do, oh, I know, we'll do movies about clothes. So we'll do, uh, we'll do that. And then we can swing to So Fine if we can find it, which would be amazing. Okay. And then, um, there's a new horror movie comedy about genes that kill people. Oh, okay. And Uh, then, and then if we, and then if we want to kill ourselves, we can watch the, uh, Daniel Day Lewis movie about the guy, the guy who makes clothes. Oh. Oh, okay. That's a newer movie. We're coming out swinging against P.T. Anderson on this show? I didn't know we were going to do that. No, I I mean, I just didn't know. If you're concerned about working again in the business, (laughs) it's funny that you choose, like, to pick on on Phantom Thread. I just... Okay. I just want it to be known I didn't say that. Matthew and I don't share our views on that film at and all. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know anything about it. Okay. I think you'd hate it as much as you think that you'd hate it. Oh, really? You might. I wow. think that you you might. It might. I don't know if it's your kind of movie. It's not okay. my kind of movie either, really. Okay. It's then just I'm never gonna, Then I'm, ne- I'm clearly never going to work again. You got to see it, though. Yeah. For, the performances are great. The only way I'm ever going to work again is if some of my students start making movies and hiring me. Uh, well, the, old, the old curmudgeon. You've been teaching for a couple of years, so 
sooner or later somebody's going to graduate and uh and give you a job oh god that's all i'm banking on too <laughs> yeah really all I'll right cut, you know so, next week 27 dresses god i am so excited i can't wait to <laughs> that was an accident <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I can't I wait to try it. That's great. <laughs> oh. All right. You should end every show that way. Please, <laughs> let's end every show cutting somebody off. <laughs> In mid-sentence. That's great. Oh, <laughs> oh, we're just, we've devolved into silliness here. All right. Dresses. Um, we're going to do it. Dresses. All, All right. right. Good night, Good night man. buddy. Good night out there. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know. 